Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Uh, continue our series today, third and final part of the series on healing heart wounds. And, and uh, today's topic, the first topic was we talked about rejection and how that we can heal from rejection. The second one was last week where we talked about grief and loss and how that God can help us in those very difficult times. Today we're going to be talking about how that we can survive and thrive on the other side of betrayal, betrayal and deception. And so the Bible has a lot to say about this. Actually, when I was really getting into this, and a friend of mine who was here not too long ago, uh, Dr. Mark Barkley wrote a book entitled How to Survive a Betrayal, and I want to encourage you to get that book. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere. It's worth it. It's worth the read, especially if you've experienced betrayal. And if you're Living and breathing today, you have experienced betrayal. And if you haven't, hang on. Okay? Because it happens to all of us, doesn't it? It happens to all of us. But the Bible has a lot to say about it, and we're going to begin today in Psalms 41. Before we do, would you grab the hand of the person beside of you, and let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us through this message today. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch me, first of all, to be your mouthpiece today to be able to speak the oracles of God. Speak your words through me, I pray. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear, the hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened. Father, I pray for those that are going through this today that healing would begin to work inside of them and they would experience your presence in a tremendous way. I thank you for it, Lord. Let my words be as the pen of a ready writer. Let our hearts be open. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure, but it sounded like someone was playing Nintendo while I was. <laughs> you know, people talk about things like that, but do you remember when you was a kid in, in school and it was getting close to lunchtime and your stomach would go, and it was real quiet and everybody would just go, remember that? I guess this is this generation's belly growl. I don't know. All right. Psalms 41 verses 7 through 9 says this, All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. Any evil disease, an evil disease say they, cleaves fast unto him, and now that he lieth he shall rise up no more. Yea, Mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Does that sound familiar? Psalms 55. A few uh, over. Psalms 55. A few pages over. Psalms 55 verses 12 through 14. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, O man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Wow, that's who rose up against him. 
David knew a few things about betrayal, didn't he? He knew what it was like to draw people close and to help them and to pour into them and to help them grow and watch them begin to flourish only for them to betray him and hurt him and wound him. When Julius Caesar was slain, here's an illustration. Here is what one, how one writer put it. He said, No treachery is worse than betrayal by a family member or a friend. Julius Caesar knew such treachery. Among the conspirators who assassinated the Roman leader was Marcus Junius Brutus. Caesar not only trusted Brutus, he had favored him as a son. According to Roman historians, Caesar first resisted the onslaught of the assassins, but when he saw Brutus among them with his dagger drawn, you know, the one that he had treated as a son, Caesar ceased to struggle and pulling the top part of his robe over his face, asked the famous question, You too, Brutus? How many has experienced that? You've poured in and 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 helped and helped and helped. And at times, Donna and I have mentioned, it's the ones that we have helped the most that has hurt us the worst. And it's the same way in your life. It seems like, if, if you don't watch it, that those that you help the most will hurt you the worst. Well, I want to tell you from experience, there's healing from it. There's healing from the pain of it. Let's just kind of go down the track a little bit more because I want to make sure that we clarify uh, about this. And, and I want you to understand uh, that uh, a synonym, synonym of betrayal is disloyalty, treachery, bad faith, faithlessness, falseness, duplicity, deception, double dealing. The definition of betrayal means to lead astray or to seduce. Somebody seducing someone else uh, away from what they should have. To deliver to an enemy by treachery, that is a definition of betrayal. A definition of betrayal is to fail or desert, especially in the time of need. And number four, the fourth definition that I have down here is to disclose in violation of a confidence. Through the years, through many years of ministry, through 42 years of preaching, and through about 25 to 30 years of pastoring, I have come to realize that betrayal is a demon spirit. It's a demon spirit. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? We know this because it acts the same. It uses the same phrases. Its patterns are the same anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if it's operating here in the United States or if it's operating over in Asia or if it's operating in South America or if it's operating in another nation here in North America. Betrayal is a demon spirit. It acts the same. And we'll look at the pattern of it because I want us to understand anyone who is not paying attention spiritually, even if you're a Christian, anyone who is not paying attention spiritually can be influenced and fall prey to this spirit. If you don't pray enough, you'll end up being a betrayer. If you don't take your faith seriously, you'll end up allowing this spirit in some way, in some form, in some fashion to actually influence you. Now it influences others more than others, but it may influence you. So, so I want to talk today for just a few moments before we get 
down to the wisdom that we have on how to handle it and stuff. But I want to talk to you about how the spirit of betrayal is welcomed inside of a person. And I have seven points here that I want to make. Number one, here is how the spirit of betrayal is welcomed inside of a person. Number one, it happens through fake friendships. Fake friendships. Opportunists do this all of the time. If you are a business owner or a business leader, you have experienced this already, and if you haven't experienced it, you will. There are people who will attach themselves to you for what they can get out of you. They will. In the ministry, there are people that attach themselves to those of us that have some success in ministry to see what kind of apples are going to fall off the tree. And you know something? Sometimes it's, it's not bad if it's done in the right spirit because the blessings are supposed to overflow and when they overflow, somebody's got to be there to catch some of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when a person attaches to you for the wrong purpose and the wrong reason, you need to be discerning enough to recognize that deception. Through the years, we have pastored many people who are wealthy through the years. And I have watched over and over and over again as people find out, because I know who some of them are. I know who some of you are here in the church. And I've watched people in the church try to attach themselves to you and take advantage of you. I'm not talking about in the church now, but I've seen it as because what happens is those that are involved in betrayal, they're here for a little while and then they're gone. And they'll attach themselves to you. If you're a good giver, you've got people that are going to try to attach themselves to you. And the truth is, if you didn't have any zeros in your bank account, they probably wouldn't even have coffee with you. So you've got to be very discerning and not let people take advantage of you. So the spirit of betrayal is welcomed inside of a person by them becoming a fake friend to someone else so they can try to get something from them. I want to tell you something right now. From my heart, I will never use you for what you have. And I'm going to say by faith that you will never use me for what I have. Amen? Because we're not going to let the spirit of betrayal even get started, are we? All right. The second thing, the prerequisite to betrayal is a fault-finding spirit. See, here's what happens. Have you ever been around someone who couldn't be pleased no matter what you say, no matter what you do? you ever been around someone like that? Some of you are like, quit talking about my husband. Quit talking about my wife. No, we're not dealing with that. No. No, there are people like that. And see, what happens is when they come into fake friendship with you, then when they don't get what they want, then all of a sudden they start nitpicking. And they start fault-finding. That is the spirit of betrayal at work. And I want to tell you something. If they're not delivered from that spirit, then they're going to betray you eventually. People that start finding fault, people that start nitpicking, people that start finding fault with a little thing here and a little thing there and a little... You know, that's how, devil, that's how the devil moves people from church to church sometimes. Hello. I mean, they come into the church... And, Three months ago, six months ago, and oh, praise God, I walked in here and I've never felt love like I felt it in that church. The power of God was so strong, you can feel the power of God in the parking lot before you get inside. What happened three months later? I can't believe they have spots on the carpet in that church. 
Well, the pastor's wife, she was shaking everybody else's hand and hugging their necks, but, you know, I went past her when she was hugging someone else's neck and she didn't reach out and grab me. Slow down and get in line. Don't let the devil mess with your head. See, the Bible said that we're not supposed to give him any leeway whatsoever. And so the prerequisite to betrayal is a fault-finding spirit. If you find yourself starting to nitpick things, then you need to take a spiritual self-examination and say, Lord, is this the enemy trying to wreck me? See, the enemy will move you out of a place that he knows you're going to grow. He'll move you out of a place where he knows you can be blessed. And so the Bible said in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 37 that we're not supposed to judge or will be judged and we're not supposed to condemn or will be condemned. And then the Bible said also in Luke 6, 37, if we forgive, we will be forgiven. The third thing is this. Once that, that uh, fault-finding spirit takes hold, then there's going to be a lot of false accusations and misrepresentations that takes place. There's times that spirit will misrepresent the truth on purpose in order to gain advantage for the spirit of betrayal. And it does it like this by shifting blame and trying to make the be and trying to make the betrayed look like a betrayer. It's called the spirit of Leviathan. It's a twisting spirit. It takes words and phrases that people say and it twists them all around to try to make it sound like that something else was meant when in reality it wasn't. How many have experienced that in your own personal life? You've experienced it, haven't you? I mean, if you're in a family at all, you've experienced that. Well, I want to tell you this. The Bible said in John chapter 8, verse 44, that Satan is the father of lies. So he's a liar. In 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15, the Bible says that he disguises himself and his followers disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So Satan is a deceiver. And then we see in 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8 that Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we see that Satan is a destroyer. So the goal of false accusation, misrepresentation, shifting blame, trying to make the betrayed look like the betrayer, twisting everything up, is the goal of it is to try to lie, to deceive, and then eventually to destroy. So when it progresses to that point, then number four, there's severance and there's abandonment and there's desertion. desertion. And many times the abandonment and the desertion and, and the severance and all of that People will say, well, you know, I'm, I think I'm just going to have to separate myself. And it's based on a lie. Their purposes and their reasoning is based on a lie. Families fall apart like this all of the time. They start believing things. The husband will believe things or the a wife will believe things that is not even remotely true. But the enemy takes that lie and he builds on the 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 lie. And before you know it, there's severance, abandonment, and desertion. And once the desertion takes place, and abandonment and severance, then there's a full-on assault with spreading lies, character assassination for personal gain, etc. And that's number five. And then number six, this is the one that really fries my bacon. Are you ready? They try to spiritualize it. Well, God said, liar, liar, pants on fire. God didn't say that. 
God is not in the business of spreading pain. I'm going to say that again. That's tweetable. And that came straight from the Holy Ghost. It's not in my notes. God is not in the business of spreading pain. When you participate with someone in spreading pain, you are participating in demonic activity. And you need to draw a line in the sand and say this isn't going to happen. And so they try to spiritualize this demonic activity. Well, the Lord said, you know, it was wonderful when we were here six months ago, but something changed and the Lord's just leading me out. Yeah, you changed. I hope some of my haters watch this. I love you. No, you don't. Yeah, the Bible said love your enemies. I love you. God bless you. So this is what the Word says, okay, that, uh, that we're supposed to allow, and we'll get into what the Word says here in just a few moments. Number seven, and then this is what happens after, and this is what the spirit of betrayal does. This is what happens. The person who has created the chaos, the person who has allowed that nasty demonic spirit to work through them, the person who has, has been fault-finding and had false accusation and misrepresentation and, and severed themselves and, and did the full-on assault and then said God said to do it, that person, when there's pain that's caused as a result of it, they begin to rejoice and gloat over the pain that they caused you. That's a demonic spirit. It is hellish. It is demonic. The goal of the spirit of betrayal, listen very closely, the goal of the spirit of betrayal is to incapacitate you and make you live the rest of your days in misery. And when you let those haters have that kind of influence over you, then you are caving in and allowing that demon spirit of betrayal to achieve its goal. Now, that was heavy. Now let's talk about some wisdom that we have that the Bible gives us for those who are betrayed. Robert Cook was the president of King's College and he once related a true story from the early years of his ministry. Evidently of that time, at that time he had been receiving some rather pointed criticism. In fact, uh, it had become of such great concern to him that he sought the counsel of one of his friends. Pouring out his heart, Bob Cook asked what he should do about the people that were denouncing against him and he wanted to know how to handle them. And the great Bible expositor and Pastor Harry A. Ironsign was his friend and Pastor Ironsign gave the following wise counsel. Here's what he said and I think it applies to us today. He said this, Bob, if the criticism about you is true, mend your ways. If it isn't, forget about it. If the criticism about you is true, mend your ways. If it isn't, forget about it. There are times when the enemy will spread lies against you because he knows it works. If you know it's a lie, forget about it. The Word of God says 
that the Lord would vindicate His people. And I found through experience, through many years of experience, and sometimes it takes longer than others, but I found out through many years of experience that God can handle a situation a whole lot better than I can. And God will fight for you. And God will vindicate you. Now here's a, a few points of wisdom that I want to give you. Number one, never feel guilty about being betrayed. You didn't do this to yourself. You are under demonic attack. See it for what it is. So don't feel guilty. In fact... We can rejoice a little bit because we realize that the devil only attacks credible threats. He's not going to waste his time on you if you're not going to produce for the kingdom. If you're going to produce for the kingdom, then he's going to fight you and he's going to try to demote you. Number two, wisdom for the betrayed. Understand that you are not the only one who has ever been betrayed even though it seems that way. Number three, guard your heart. It's not always wisdom to share your most intimate concerns with your friends. I don't know why people put their dirty laundry on social media. For the life of me, I, can't, I, I just don't get it. I guess it's because they can't get heard anywhere else. And so when they throw it up on social media and do their little bait stuff, you know, oh, I'm just having a difficult time, dot, 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 dot. And they're waiting for somebody to say, oh, what's wrong, honey? <laughs> somebody they've never met, somebody they don't know, somebody who's operating, see, that spirit will connect. Amen. So here's what the Word says, Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So what I'm telling you is guard your heart. You don't have to blab everything that happened. Well, I'm just giving my testimony. Sometimes your testimony is ammunition for others. You can't share your testimony everywhere that you go. Oh, well, I, I want to let people know what the Lord's done for me. I know you need to do that when God prompts you to do that. But there are sometimes some things that you've been through that's just nobody's business. Hallelujah. How many remember, maybe I'm dating myself a little bit. How many remember the party line phones? You'd pick up the phone. Everybody over 50 raised their hand, you know. You'd... you'd <laughs> You'd pick up the phone and you'd say, hello, hello, hello. And you could hear somebody down the line somewhere quietly pick up the phone so they could eavesdrop. <laughs> you remember them, don't you? Now, how, how many of you got ornery like I did and would sometimes just start talking to that person? Glad to welcome you to the conversation today, Sister Spookendike, whatever. You got Sister Bucketmouth there with you? You guys going to have some tea today or something like that? Let me give you some juicy details to talk about. Guard your heart. Number four, wisdom for those who are betrayed. My goodness, this is a big one. Quit caring so much about what people think about you. I mean, you know, once I hit 50 in December and I thought, no big deal, another year. Something happened inside of me when I hit 50. (laughs) 
I love you dearly and I want you to be my friend, but if you're not, oh well. I think that's a 50-ism, I think, or something like that. I looked at Donna and the kids, they, they noticed it too. They're like, Dad, you just don't care anymore. I said, so? Why should I care about caring? Uh, now, the truth is, is, we need to care a little bit about what people think, but I think we put too much value on what people think about us. What we need to be thinking about is what does God think about us? Is He pleased with me? That's what we need to be thinking about. And so quit allowing yourself to be manipulated by people who you think have thoughts about you who don't give a rip about what happens to you. Who cares? Well, you know, I went and shook that preacher's hand and I think he really liked me. Well, if he likes you, that's fine. If he don't, you can still go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so quit trying to work so hard for other people's approval and take that energy and work for His approval. And work for His approval. That's right. Give God a praise on that. Now, wisdom for those who are betrayed. Number five, be a good forgiver. Be a really good forgiver. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Now verses 22, 23, 24. Famous scripture. Have faith in God whatsoever you say. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into yonder sea. You know, that's, that's that passage of scripture. But when you get down to verse 25 and 26, that's still part of the passage. Now we like to talk about saying and believing and all of that kind of stuff. And that's how faith works. But verses 25 and 26 is also part of that pack, package there. And part of that passage. And here's what it says. And... and that's how we know it's part of it. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive. Your faith can't work if you don't live in forgiveness. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now listen to me. The ability, don't miss this, the ability for God to interact in your life is based solely on your ability to interact as it pertains to lost people in the world. Now, if you forgive, you position yourself for God to forgive you. If you don't forgive, the door is closed. That's the word. That's what the word says. So be a good forgiver. Well, how can I be a good forgiver? You make up your mind right now, this instant, that I'm unoffendable. Look at somebody and say, I'm unoffendable. I was over at the Holy Spirit Conference in Palm Costa a month and a half or two months ago. Somebody walked up to me and they said, I need to apologize for something that happened there uh, last night. Or I can't remember what it was, you know, something. I, I can't even remember what it was. That's how important it was to me. And I looked at them and I said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, I can't be offended. And they looked at me and you saw relief just come. Uh, oh, well, he's new over here, but he's one of us. And that's, that's important. Be a good forgiver. That's how you're a good forgiver. You just make up your mind right now. I'm unoffendable. I'm forgiving. I'm going to forgive people. In fact, 
if there's somebody in this place that wants to hurt me and you're planning on hurting me, I just want to let you know right now, before you've ever done the deed, I forgive you. So go do your thing. You're not going to hurt me because I forgive you. You say, why is that so important? Because faith works by love. And if your love is shut down, your faith is shut down. And if your faith is shut down, there is no manifestation. So what the enemy does is he tries to wreck your emotions. He tries to mess with your emotions. He tries to keep you in unforgiveness so he can keep you out of love. And all due respect, I love you, but if you're going to go try to hurt me, I don't value the relationship enough to sacrifice my faith for what I'm believing God for. I'm not going to cash the manifestation of what I'm believing God for in just to be hurt by you. Now that's not arrogance, that's wisdom. That's not arrogance, that's wisdom. And that's not prideful, that's just the way it has to be. It's factual, it's the word. And so that's how you're a good forgiver. You just make up your mind, I'm going to forgive and I'm unoffendable. Number six, this is what you do, wisdom. The Bible said to pray for your enemies. That's how you know whether you've really forgiven them or not. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Lord bless them. Yeah, I know what they, the enemy like. What they did to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, just bless them right now in the name of Jesus. And all the while, the enemy's like, yeah, Lord, forgive them. Just forgive, just bless them, God. Just bless them. I pray for favor. I pray for blessing. I pray for prosperity. I pray for health over them. I pray for success over them. And the many enemies over here. And you're, Lord, just bless them, Lord, just bless them. And finally the enemy just goes, oh. <laughs> Did anyone understand what I just tried to teach you? <laughs> and when you start seeing it as the devil's game, you can have a whole lot of fun because you're really putting a hurt on the devil when that happens. Hallelujah. Say, <laughs> like, come on, devil. <laughs> Matthew 5, 43 through 44, you've heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's, what it's been, that's what's been said. But I say unto you, Jesus said, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. What? Yes. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Whoo. And pray for them which despitefully use you. You ever, you ever felt used? <laughs> Those that we've helped the most have hurt us the most. You feel used. The Bible said pray for those which despitefully use you and persecute. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. So pray for your enemies. And then put on the garments of praise. And allow joy to be active in your life. That's number seven. Now, I want to go over here. Now, listen. you got to stick with me this morning because I've got three weeks that I'm not going to be preaching to you. So you're getting it with like three or four barrels right now. All right? Psalms chapter 35. Psalms chapter 35. 
We're going to talk now about how to overcome a betrayal. I gave you wisdom on how to handle it. Now we're going to talk about how to overcome it. Psalms chapter 35 verses 1 through 6 says this, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. I'd like to be a fly on the wall when that's happening. Let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. Let the angel of the Lord persecute them. So how do you overcome a betrayal? Number one, you quit trying to right the wrong yourself. You quit trying to make them see that they've done wrong and you just pray for them. And all of that stuff that's inside of you, Lord, let the angels chase them down and persecute them. All of that stuff that's inside of you, you don't need to be looking at them and saying, you keep that up and I'm going to pray that angels chase you down and persecute you. No. All of that stuff that's inside of you, you unload that on God. You don't unload it on your friends. You don't unload it on your family. You don't, un don't unload that on your church buddies in a prayer meeting. There's only one place. You don't need to even unload it to your spouse. There's only one place you unload that. You unload it on God. And that's what David was doing here. He was, he was just exposing his heart. Lord, even let the angels, Lord, they've been slippery. They devised all kinds of things and unload it. And so he goes on and, and, and he prays and he says, For without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at, at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction, and let him fall. You can pray. It's okay for you to pray that those that have betrayed you fall into their own net. That's the word. Some people will say, uh, they, have, they have trouble with prayers like this. Even though I just read it to you, they have trouble with prayers like this. They say, well, I just don't feel like that that's very loving. Well, the Word of God is full of prayers similar to this. People praying things like this. And David prayed this way all of the time. I want you to listen to this next statement I'm getting ready to make. And I want you to write it down, put it on your refrigerator, put it, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it in your car, whatever. Are you ready? Is everybody's ears open? Are you listening? You're not a doormat, you're a Christian. You're not a doormat, you're a Christian. That nasty betrayal spirit will say, Well, I thought you was a Christian. Well, you thought right, baby. And just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm a doormat. It doesn't mean I can be taken advantage of. It doesn't mean that you can pound on me. It doesn't mean that you can take advantage of me. It doesn't mean that I'm supposed to sit back here and say nothing, do nothing. You know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. No, no, no. I'm a Christian. Not a doormat. And let me say something about forgiving. Now, the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to forgive. 
But forgiveness and pardon are two different things. And I know some of you have heard this before. Well, we got new folks here and they need to hear it. Forgiveness and pardon are two different things. When you forgive, you forgive to let yourself off the hook so you can move forward. But you don't, you don't uh, tell them you don't have to pay for, for what you've done. You can forgive someone, but that doesn't mean that you have to go start having dinner with them again, hanging out with their at their house, and putting yourself in a position where you can be hurt again. Be wiser than that. Be wiser than that. Be forgiving, but there are times when you can't just pardon people. Then in verse, uh, verses 9 through 10, uh, Psalms 35, verses 9 through 10, we're talking about how to overcome a betrayal. So we unload on God. And then there are times when we can pray, Lord, it's okay, you know, let them fall into their own net. And then verses 9 and 10, and then here's what he said, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord, it shall rejoice in His salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which delivers the poor from him that is too strong for him, yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him. So the Word of God teaches us here, this whole chapter, the Word of God teaches us here that we can rejoice in the midst of betrayal. Look at that, verse number My soul shall be joyful in the Lord, and it shall rejoice in His salvation. What's he talking about? He's talking about the salvation that will come when God delivers me from the betrayal. So I can rejoice by faith. Lord, I thank you that things aren't always going to be this way. Lord, I thank you that you're fighting my battles for me. Lord, I thank you that you are my rear guard and my front guard and my side guard. And guard you, God, you are all around me. And Lord, I just rejoice in that. And then verse number 18, the Word of God tells us, I will give thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. So in the midst of betrayal, be forgiving. In the midst of betrayal, be rejoicing. In the midst of betrayal, verse 18, be thankful. And then you slip down, and you can read these, these verses later, but you slip down to verses 27 and 28. The Bible said, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, and my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all day long. Hallelujah. In the midst of betrayal, I can still be prosperous. In the midst of betrayal, I can still rejoice. In the midst of betrayal, I can still have joy. In the midst of betrayal, I can still be thankful. And in the midst of betrayal, I can shout and be glad because I know that I favor God's righteous cause. I wish somebody would get this this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we speak and we shout of God's righteous cause. So how do we overcome betrayal? We pray and ask God to help us. And we dump on God, not on others. We dump on God. Okay? Number two, we pray that they fall into their own net. There's nothing wrong with that. Number three, we rejoice. Number four, we're thankful. Number five, we speak and shout of God's righteous cause. And then in Psalms 119, verses 68 through 71, the Bible teaches us that we can learn from betrayal. Verse 68, Thou art good and, dost, and doest good. Teach me your statutes. Verse 69, The proud have forged a lie against me. Listen to this. But I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Even though they forged a lie against me, I will keep 
your precepts with my whole heart. And then it goes on in verse number seven, 70 saying, Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in their law. In other words, it looks like they're being successful with it. But Lord, I'm not going to get caught up in that because I'm going to just continue being who you made me to be. I'm going to keep delighting in your law. And then look at verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. What can we learn through betrayal? Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6. It says that we have been accepted in the Beloved. So the last thing that I want to talk to you about here in overcoming betrayal is this. In fact, I had this whole message put together and I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and I was just asking the Lord to kind of seal it in my spirit like I pray, you know. Lord, seal it in my spirit so I can deliver it in a way where people can receive it. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, you got one more thing to say. I said, what's that? He said, tell them, let my love wash the pain away. Let my love wash the pain away. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. If you're engulfed in His love, oh, it's a good place to be, isn't it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I have a couple of friends who enjoy running marathons. They like to torture themselves. When talking with them, they both shared with me. We have a pastor down in, in the Largo area that likes to run marathons and then one up in Tennessee. And they both shared with me that there's almost always a point in the race where they feel that they cannot go on anymore. They feel exhausted. Their muscles burn. They feel fatigued. They reach a point where they're like, I just don't think I can put one foot in front of the other. And they both said the same thing. They said it's like hitting the wall. That's the term. They hit the wall. But they both said this, if you keep pressing, you can break through that wall and you get new strength and you can finish the race. I think this is a good illustration for how we feel when we've been betrayed. I really do, because we're running a race, aren't we? Betrayal is exhausting. The pain of betrayal is exhausting. We, we, we reach the point where we're burnt out from the drama and from the pain of it all. We wonder if, if we can go on as accusations continue to fly and untruths are believed by so many that should know better. And sometimes we even wonder... Where God is. Hello. Emotional pain can cloud your spiritual vision. Here's a great passage to remember when you hit the wall. And I'm going to read it to you out of the message translation as Charles comes. It's Romans chapter 8 verses 31 through 39. You can read it out of King James later if you want, but I, I want to read it to you out of the message. Now remember, now remember, this is what you remember when you hit the wall. 
verse 31. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing Himself to the worst by sending His own Son, is there anything else He wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Verse 33. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Verse 34. Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. That's what you remember when you hit the wall. Verse 35. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. No trouble, no hard times, no hatred, no hunger... Not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. But none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. Verse 38. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Wow. What a promise. Let's stand. Come on. Just all over this. I just feel the presence of God just moving in like liquid fire right now. Come on. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and I want you to begin to pray prayers like this. Heal me, God. Lord, heal my emotions. I want you to pray prayers like this. Lord, I forgive. I forgive those who have wronged me. Lord, I forgive those who have betrayed me. Lord, I forgive those who have attached to me in the past to use me. I forgive them, God. Now, God, I ask you to forgive me for allowing them to have so much influence over my life. Come on, pray that. Those of you that's struggling with those kinds of things. Now, Father, I pray that the balm of Gilead would go across this congregation into every broken relationship into every wounded emotion. I pray that what the enemy has stripped from people through betrayal and through deception would be restored sevenfold in Jesus' name. Today, we choose to forgive. Today, we choose 
to live unoffendable. Father, I pray for your joy to sweep over this congregation now. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I pray for thankfulness and gratitude to invade our hearts and our lives. And Lord, let us not see through the filter of pain anymore. But deliver us from the pain so that we can launch forth into our destiny. I come against the demonic spirit of betrayal and deception that has tried to have a stranglehold upon those that are in this place. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. I take authority over it right now and I call this congregation free. I call you blessed in the name of Jesus. I call you whole in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over you. I speak gratitude over you. I speak joy over you. I speak prosperity over you. I speak health over you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we just draw a line in the sand right now and we're not going to allow the enemy, that spirit of betrayal, we're not going to allow it access into our life anymore. No, 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 no. We're going to receive what God has prepared for us unabated in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that faith would work, that manifestation would come in Jesus' name. That love would permeate the atmosphere of every home that's represented here today. We give you praise. We give you praise. I want to speak to my pastor friend that I talked to before church in South Carolina today. You're watching you and your wife. We've been where you guys are. Donna and I know what it's like to be wounded and hurt and betrayed and deceived and for people to spread lies that aren't true and for other people that we've poured into to believe it and sever themselves from us. I want you to know your ministry's not over. It's not over. No, it's just time for a new day. It's just time for a new day. And I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to ask this congregation that's here today to pray for you. Would you guys turn and just see the camera with the red light back there? Just reach your hand to that camera right now. There's a hurting pastor and his wife that called me this morning and they need someone to lift them up in prayer. Let's pray over them right now. Come on. I want you to lift your voices so they can hear you pray too, okay? Now Michael, pick you up. Pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my new brother and sister there. We come against the enemy that has tried to war against them and that looks successful. We bind his power in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak community favor 
over this couple right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak healing into their emotions. I speak healing into their life, Lord. Lord, I pray that the scale would fall from the eyes of those that have been betraying them and those that have been wounding and speaking against them and working against them. Father, I pray that you would shut their mouths and that the scale would fall from their eyes so they could see the error of their ways. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would send them a group of people that would strengthen them, that would be their Aaron and her, that would hold up their arms, God. And that they would, that would help them to reap the harvest there in their community. For that, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory. And now I speak heaven's blessing over you. I speak heaven's prosperity over you. I speak success over you. I speak divine favor over you. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak joy the joy of the Lord to come into your life right now. In the name of Jesus, into your home right now, I speak joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We speak it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, give them unmatched success in their community. For you, that you may be exalted, that you may be lifted up, that you may be glorified. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed with me, just put your hands together and clap real good so they can hear that you're here. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I love you guys. If you need Jesus, you can come up and we'll talk with you about giving your life to Christ. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.